A plan has emerged for hockey, the NHL, to return and finish the 2019-2020 season. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good evening, everybody. My name is Lee Elias. You are listening to Puck Drop Live. If you're listening to it on Facebook, Puck Drop Live. Puck Drop Live. It's tough to say. Uh, We are live right now. The date is Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. Or you may be listening to this podcast uh, pre-recorded and listening back to your ears and musical tastes or whatever this isn't really music tonight the theme is going to be the nhl coming back the return to play program we are moving forward from phase one to phase two uh there's a plan on the table that is what's exciting uh the dates are not decided yet but there's something on the table something tangible that we can sink our teeth into and really start to discuss the return of NHL hockey. So again, if you're listening to this after it's been recorded, I am recording it live on Facebook. Once again, we have comments coming in from around the world, Australia to Pennsylvania to Los Angeles to Canada and England and everywhere in between. Uh, It's an interactive show if you want to listen to it Wednesday night, 8 o'clock every week we do this. So let's jump right in. Let's go right through the NHL's plan to return hockey to us, the fan base. So first thing I want to say is this. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not they should do this. There are a lot of people out there that think, like, just cancel the season, just end it. It's not worth having the season. Um, I don't agree with that sentiment. Um, I think sports, especially hockey for us, is a major part of American, North American culture, not just, you know, global culture. I know there's people around the world that want their hockey back. Um, But I think this is something that we need, something we want. And the first thing that the NHL said, the first thing that Commissioner Gary Bettman said, both when they paused the season and also when they are talking about resuming the season, is that player health and safety and logistics and the safety of everybody is the number one concern. And I believe them. I don't think that's just something that they're saying. I don't think that's just something they're they're looking at as a hurdle to get out of the way. Um, I don't think they would be doing this if they didn't think logistically they could make it happen. And they've self-admitted that there's a lot of hurdles still on that front that they have to overcome, but it's favorable at this point. Um, I think, once again, with no fans in the building, minimal staff, players staying quarantined, uh, which is going to be tough on them, but they they will do it. Uh, Not to mention daily checkups to make sure that they are uh, have not contracted anything much less COVID-19 I think the steps can be put into place for the NHL and the NHLPA for play to resume safely now the real question and we're going to get into this later is different providences and states and places in North America allowing or not allowing players to play we already have heard that British Columbia is not too keen on having the games held up there and again we're going to keep this political free tonight, but there are some politics involved in the NHL's ability to come back. So the first thing I want to say is that I believe, and you can disagree with me here, feel free to comment on it, but I believe that the NHL uh, and the NHLPA can safely return to play. I believe that there's enough precautions in place um, and that things can be done to ensure that people are safe. I believe that, okay? Um, took a while to get there, but it did. The next thing I want to bring up, because we know this is a 24-team playoffs, okay? So 24 teams will qualify for the postseason. Um, it means that, and this is the first order of business that the NHL conducted last night, the 2019-2020 regular season has concluded, That is now official. There will be no more regular season games. Uh, It also means, and we'll get into this a little later in the show, that some of the regular season award winners have been uh, taken care of now. Okay, the Rocket Richard Trophy and the President's Trophy have all been essentially awarded now. Um, So we're going to talk about some of those winners later in the show. Obviously cut a little bit short in terms of who won and how many games they played, but it's done. Um, 
So when we look at a 24-team playoff, the big topic that I've been bringing up over the last few weeks, both on this show and my other sports show, Geeks Who Like Sports, hosted with Ray Carcillo, is the integrity of hockey. That was the big question, is can you maintain the integrity of the sport if you change the way things are done? So here's the deal. Initially, I did not like the 24-team playoff idea. I thought it took away... I thought it was not a normal Stanley Cup playoffs, and I thought that whoever wins this is going to be continually referenced as the COVID Cup winner or the team that won over the coronavirus. Um, As the situation has gone on now for over two months, I've warmed up to this idea of a 2014 playoff a little bit more. Um, Now, here's why. Number one is I've, I've swallowed the pill that whoever wins this year is going to be known as the team that won during the coronavirus. That was going to happen regardless uh, of what happened. Um, and I think that, and we'll go through the plan in a minute, the plan in place means the champion's a worthy champion of the NHL, albeit will never be the same as a regular season uh, or regular playoff year champion. It's different. But what we may discover is it may be even harder to win the Stanley Cup this year than in most years, and the truth is this. This is the truth for all of us, and again, this is where you can, you can disagree with me because I'm speaking for all of us, but this is the truth. I don't care. I want hockey back. All right. I'm going to watch this no matter what. I think we all want that. So I'm, I, this is what I said. Somebody on Twitter said that you're not allowed to complain as long as they're coming back. I don't agree with that necessarily. I think we're allowed to discuss it. I think we're allowed to have opinions on it. I don't think anybody's complaining that hockey's coming back. Really? I, I haven't heard anybody complain that. I've heard some, again, health concerns. But here's the deal. If we want hockey, this is what we're going to get. And I think the NHL has done a really good job of coming up with a plan that keeps teams involved. Um, a few teams kind of got screwed, but I'll explain that too in a minute. Okay, so uh, I swallowed the pill. I'm ready for this. I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to move forward with this. Again, the question's out there. Are you all excited about this? Number one. Again, we got a lot of comments coming in. I will get to those in a few minutes. Okay. So again, first thing first, the 2019-2020 regular season is concluded through March 11th, all games. Um so 189 games were left unplayed. They have been suspended. They will not be played. So if you have tickets through Ticketmaster or StubHub, make sure you get a refund now. Uh, what's going to happen now is 24 teams in the NHL, remember there's 31 teams, will resume play. If you see me looking off screen, it's because I'm looking at my notes here. All right, the top 12 in each conference on the basis of points percentage, they didn't just go on points, at the pause through March 11 will be seated 1 through 12. Okay, And then what's going to happen is... Uh, obviously you have two, two, uh, conferences. That's the 24 teams. Okay. So since the league's pause on March 12th, the league has been in phase one with teams just self-isolating as much as possible. So since the NHL paused, the players have been instructed to stay home and isolate, which they've done for the most part. There's been very few cases of coronavirus within the NHL. Uh, another concern though, is a lot of international players have flown back to Scandinavia, Europe, and other countries where they come from. Um, we know that from European travel, they have been cleared to come back that the USA and Canada have opened up their borders to professional athletes, which some people are saying are un- is unfair, but I don't, I don't really see that. I mean, they, I, I, travel can happen if it makes sense. This makes sense. Now you can say it's gluttonous and that the priorities are messed up, but here's the thing. They're not stopping doctors from flying back and forth. So this makes a lot of sense to me. 
Um, so now here's the next phase. Phase two starts in early June. So the plan they presented takes effect in just a week or two, okay? So in early June, it's expected that teams will be permitted to return to their home facilities in small groups. So you're not going to see 25 guys on the ice at a time uh, for voluntary on and off ice training. So something I have read and heard is that it's going to be groups of six on the ice at once, but not the full team. So essentially what that means is you could have two lines, your top two lines, or one and four, two and three, however they want to do that. Um, and then your entire defensive core could be on the ice at once. I don't know how goaltending is going to work within that, um, but it's going to be ample ways for players to get back to the ice, at least get some conditioning done. Um, that's phase two is just getting back on the ice. Phase three, which is not earlier than the first half of July. All right, so mid-July is when they're looking to start playing possibly a little earlier. Again, a lot of this is fluid. Um, formal training camps will begin um, after guidance from medical and civil authorities. So what that means is that they're going to try and get teams fully back into the arenas and monitor this heavily from a health and safety point of view and make sure that they have everything in place so that when they start playing again, that they know they're being as safe as possible. Okay. Now this is where the, the timeline kind of changes. So this is phase four. Um, and the time for this is to be determined 24 teams in two hub cities, Okay, so only two arenas are going to be activated. We'll compete in seeding rounds, a qualifying round, and a conference-based Stanley Cup final. Okay, so let's break that down. Okay, basically what's going to happen is the four leaders of each division are going to play each other in a round-robin tournament. So if you're looking at the Metropolitan Division, it's going to be uh, Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and I believe I can't—I believe it's uh, it's Carolina. Okay. Um, so they're going to be playing each other in a round-robin series, and then they will reseed each other based on that. So uh, if the Flyers come in and beat all three teams, they'll be the number one seed, assuming there's no tiebreakers or whatever the tiebreakers are, in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, this is smart because it gives them time to get some games going that are meaningful. They're not just preseason games, and they're all guaranteed a playoff spot. Again, one through four in each division are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. At the same time this round-robin tournament is going on, right, the other teams that are outside of the playoff line, teams uh, like the New York Rangers, teams like the Montreal Canadiens, the Florida Panthers, are going to be playing in best-of-five series. I have the matchups here. I'm going to read them to you in a minute. They'll be playing in best-of-five series to qualify for the normal Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, so the teams, again, that are qualifying, this is the round-robin seeding for the first round. Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers, right? Then the uh, the best-of-five qualifying round will be the Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the Eastern Conference, okay? So, again... The round-robin seeding is the top four teams, or the top two teams in each of the divisions in the Eastern uh, Conference. So Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia will play in that round-robin tournament to reseed. And then the best-of-five qualifying rounds, that's what they're calling it, is a qualifying round, is Pittsburgh versus Montreal. That's the fifth versus the twelfth seed. The Carolina Hurricanes, the sixth seed, versus 11, the New York Rangers. The New York Islanders will take on the Florida Panthers, that's 7 versus 10, and the Toronto Maple Leafs will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, 8 versus 9. That's a best of five series. When those series are done and the reseeding is done, you will enter the full Stanley Cup playoffs. Now let's just analyze this and go to the Western Conference real quick. So in the Western Conference, the round-robin seeding is going to be St. Louis, Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. Those four teams will play each other. 
And then the best of five qualifying round will be the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks, which is going to be a really good series. That's five versus 12. The six versus 11 matchup is the Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. The seven versus 10 matchup is the Vancouver Canucks versus Minnesota Wild. And the eight versus nine matchup is the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. Now, let's talk about this qualifying round because this is probably the most controversial uh, part of this situation, right? Keeping in mind that it's unprecedented. So every team in the league had somewhere between uh, 13, 14, and 10 games left before the NHL regular season ended. So when you look at statistics and you look at the possibilities of teams getting in, there's a lot of scenarios of turnaround uh, when you never know what was going to happen. So the expansion from the 16 to 24 teams encompass that aspect of it. If these teams had a chance, so now we're going to have a five-game playoff to get in, keeping in mind at the same time that round robin is going on, so all the teams are playing meaningful games to enter the playoffs. This is the part of the postseason that is the hardest pill to swallow because it's it's unnatural, right? Uh, this is not how a season ends, right? So this is the part most people are going to have questions about. This is the part most people are going to scoff about because here's the deal. One of those teams that's not in the playoffs by traditional standards, one of those 12 seeds, 11 seed, 10 seed, or nine seeds is definitely going to win their series. I think it's very unlikely that all the outside, the, the 17 through 24 teams all lose their series, right? Um, it's good. It's not unheard of. And this was a fear of people for Patrick Kane to activate himself and win a series for the Chicago Blackhawks or the Rangers who are completely healthy. Now uh, a lot can happen. I'm looking at these teams. A lot can happen here. And again, we'll get into that situation in a minute, uh, but it's an exciting format. It's going to be hockey that you want to watch, right? But it is not normal with that said, nothing about what's going on in the world right now is normal. Nothing has uh, ever happened like this before. This is all unprecedented. So it's not surprising that the NHL brought an unprecedented solution to the game. You know, and again, I want to compliment the NHL for not just mailing it in. They've been discussing this for months. They're trying something. As a fan, I appreciate that. Okay? So I'm going to stop moving on from here real quick because I want to talk about everybody's thoughts from the round robin seating and the qualifying round. So if you have questions on that or comments on that, let me know what you think about this portion of it before we get to the semi uh, finals, the um, I'm sorry, the quarterfinals, semifinals and the conference finals and the cup final, which I'm going to explain in a minute because those have some changes too. Um, while you're writing your questions, let me just read this again. So City 1, okay, which has been undetermined. I'll go over the locations in a few minutes. City 1 will host the Eastern Conference. These are the teams in order right now. The Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, and Montreal Canadiens. God, it feels good to say those names again. City 2, which will host the Western Conference playoffs. St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars, Edmonton Oilers, Nashville Predators, Vancouver Canucks, Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild, Arizona Coyotes, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Maybe they are the dark horse. Okay, let's get to your comments real quick. Okay, Ray Carcillo says, just give us hockey. Well, Ray Carcillo has been giving us hockey on NHL 20, which he'll be doing after this episode. I will talk to you about that in a minute. Um, Edward Elias, who's my father, says, would you just start the show already? Still the last guy out of the locker room after the game. <laughs> my dad's referencing that uh, I loved hockey so much growing up that I never wanted to leave the rink. Um, especially when that Mortal Kombat machine was there and he would come in, I'd be playing Mortal Kombat. And one time he left me at the rink and I had to walk all the way home. And that was the day I realized, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds. 
and that I love Mortal Kombat and hockey. Uh, let's keep going here. I got a lot of likes. All right, so Dan Saunders says, it's agreed. It's more about getting hockey back than who wins. Absolutely. I mean, sports, again, are it's a North American part of our culture. It will be so nice to have sports back, any sport. Uh, but for us hockey people, it's going to be huge. Uh, Mark Polly Pollard, all the way from Australia. It's their job, their income. It's the same as in, in Australia. People complaining that the AFL is making a return, but they can't go play their sport. It's how they make a living. Yeah, a lot of people don't remember. Players do not get paid unless they're playing games. So the NHL players, while they're totally fine financially, they're not getting paid. This is their job. Um, so that's something. We'll get into the business side of this in a little bit. Uh, Mark Pollard also says the Central is going to be good. The ads will hopefully be all healthy. Yeah, so the health of teams is something that's very interesting here because every team's going to be very healthy going into the playoffs. That's unprecedented too. Uh, we've never had a scenario where every team's going in really healthy. I mean, for the most part, unless someone had a really long-term injury, um, there's guys coming back now. They're not going to be beat up from the season. They've had a, essentially an offseason to kind of to heal and get ready. So this is this this has the potential to be really bad hockey or unbelievably good hockey. And my guess is the first few games are going to be weird. Uh, but when they get into the later rounds, man, this might be unbelievable. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, at least the Leafs have a chance to make it past the first round to lose to the Bruins again. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Toronto Maple Leafs do. Um because nobody's forgotten that they lost to a Zamboni driver this year. All right, Nick Gibson said, I'm glad to finally catch one of these live, but to add to the Kane thing, Price could steal a few games or series as well. Absolutely. Nick Gibson talking about Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens, um, and this is, goes back to what I said. Uh, I There is no way one of these outlying teams does not get to the quarterfinals. Um, and, it, and again, it's going to be on the teams that made the playoffs to do it. And in, this is where people go, well, that's not fair. They might not have made the playoffs. Um, this is the hand that has been dealt. So... This is the playoffs, right? Like, this is the playoffs. Any team that goes into this qualifying round, any team that goes into this not serious doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway, right? You better be going in and ready to go, all right? Because this is it. This is for the cup. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Sharp Shack, again, huge Philly fan, said, would they use Team City that isn't in the 24, say, Detroit? Uh, great question. I will read you the cities right now. Uh, the, the, so these are the 10 cities the NHL is considering um, and to, to play the, uh, the games in, and they're only going to pick two. So some of these are not playoff cities. So uh, here we go. Chicago, Illinois, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, Edmonton, Alberta, uh, which is probably not going to happen, Las Vegas, Nevada, Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles is not in the, in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Toronto, Ontario, and Vancouver, British Columbia. Those are the 10 cities uh, they're considering. Um, my guess is when they're doing this, they're looking for secluded places with a lot of hotel space, uh, a lot of places they can quarantine their players without massive crowds showing up. Uh, I think one of the big logistics of this is people are going to want to go still and tailgate and it's not going to be allowed. So, um, they're going to have to really think about that, where these arenas are located, uh, and the structures. And the reason they have 10 cities, somebody said, why do they have so many cities is because they don't know state by state or Providence by Providence what uh, government officials are going to allow. It's it's very possible that the governor of Illinois just says, we're not doing it. I don't want you here because of health and safety concerns. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee that Las Vegas will be on board. Uh, Los Angeles, maybe the Staples Center, maybe if if they're really far past the virus. Las Vegas would probably definitely do it. These are just my guesses. Um, I could see Minneapolis doing it and St. Paul. Uh, Pittsburgh is a pretty, it's not secluded, but it's not the biggest city in the world. I think Toronto would be a mistake. 
Uh, Vancouver might make sense. Again, this all comes down to, to Canada. And like we heard today from British Columbia, they're not really interested in having this there. That's something to think about. Uh, Dallas would probably be a good one. But if, if, if you're asking me right now an Eastern and Western Conference location, my guesses would be Las Vegas and Pittsburgh would be your two cities right now. Um, although I, I, I could see Minnesota doing that as well. It doesn't really matter, right? Doesn't, I mean, they could put the East and, Eastern teams in the Western Hemisphere. It doesn't not have hemisphere, but the Western side of the country, uh, as long as they're playing, I don't think it really matters. Um, but yeah, feel free to keep asking questions on that. But those are the 10 cities. Again, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that North Dakota is not on this list. Um, I thought that was going to be a good location, but they want to keep it in-house. So here's the deal again. Each conference, the Western and Eastern Conference, is going to be assigned a hub city with secure hotels, arena, practice facilities, and in-market transportation. Uh, teams will be limited, this is another thing, to 50 personnel, that's it, in the hub city with only a small number of support staff permitted to enter the event areas. And timing and sites will be determined at a future date and will go dependent on COVID-19 conditions, testing, ability, and government regulation. So that's the logistical side of this that we just don't have an answer for, right? Uh, but time will tell. And again, they're talking about doing this in mid-June. A lot can happen in three weeks. A lot can happen with this uh, virus. A lot can happen with testing uh, and medical science. We don't know. An opposite could happen. We could have a second outbreak. We don't know. The point is there's a plan on the table. There's no way they were going to come back without that plan on the table. Um, so that's exciting, okay? So again, let's go through this again. Uh, it's a competitive format. That's the key to this whole thing. Every game will mean something. And I got to be honest with you. Again, I was talking about this again with Ray Carcillo on another show, uh, Geeks Who Like Sports. It really made me uncomfortable for, at first when they were talking about this. I didn't like the idea. It was different. But I've really warmed up to it. Because if you think about it, it's a pretty cool idea. It's a pretty cool and innovative way to get the teams back together. Um, again, there was a couple teams on the cusp. Like when you look at the, when you look at the table, the standings, um, there's two teams that I think had, they were one or two points out of the, out of the well, they were one or two points away from the 24th seed in the NHL. And they had games at hand. Uh, but that's just the way the cookie crumbled on this one, right? Like, I mean, they probably weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, obviously. Um, so it's just the way it is. So again, we talked about the round robin and the qualifying round. Let's talk about what happens after that. So the first and second round of the playoffs, okay? After the reseeding has taken place and this qualifying round has taken place, we're going to go back to a traditional four-round Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, what they don't know, what they don't know is, that are these going to be five or seven game series, okay? With that said, the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final will be seven games. They've already said that, best of seven series, all right? This is where it gets a little complicated because depending on when they start, they may want to make the quarter and semifinals five games as well because they do want to end the season. Now, I'm not for this, okay? I've heard a lot of analysts say that they're for it because they got to move the season along and get to next season. This is where I start going, okay, look, I can, I can take this qualifying round and this round robin. It's pretty cool. It's different. There's two tournaments going on. It's exciting. You're going to want to watch every game. I don't like best of five series in the NHL. From my point of view, this is my opinion. Let me know your opinion. Let me know your, your point of view. The four rounds have to be seven games. That's a true Stanley Cup playoff. It's a true Stanley Cup final. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to say that team deserved to win when I know they played seven games. you got to remember, too, in a best of five you know, you win two, it's over. If you win two, it's really kind of over. All right, it's one of those scenarios of 
you know, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Now, with that said, you're also removing home ice advantage. There is no technical home ice advantage now in the playoffs, uh, which will be very interesting to say the least. Uh, uh, if if the in the hub cities belong to one of those teams, I guess that's a home ice advantage, but not really. So it, it's going to be very challenging for the players as well to figure this out. That's why I think Vegas is a good hub. Vegas and Pittsburgh. Uh, going back to some of your, your comments now. All right, uh, this is what it should be like. No home advantage. Yeah, it, that's going to be a cool little monkey wrench into the engine here, where the, there's no reliance on being a home team here. So it really just comes down to the hockey. Um, which means that what I think you're going to see is hot streaks, okay? I think you're going to see very highly potential, uh, the very high potential of a team gets on a run and they keep going because there's nothing to stop. There's no travel, right? Um, so here's the thing. If uh, if if um, six or seven teams get like that or even four or five teams get like that, all of a sudden you have this cool immovable object, immovable object versus unstoppable force scenario. You could get some unbelievable hockey with that. So we'll see. Uh, Dan Saunders that says that Vegas makes a lot of sense. Ton of hotels, world-class facilities. Yeah, absolutely. And they're very much open. They very much want to be open. Um, you know, and like I said, I don't know how the casinos are there. I don't know if they're open or not, but uh, it, that would be a fun place to go. Similar to how the NBA is very close to having the players go to Disney World to finish the NBA season there, which I think is a great idea. Um, I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. Um, you could keep the players somewhat entertained out there. Uh, Nick Gibson says, maybe first round five games if they absolutely had to, but I agree otherwise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the qualifying round makes a lot of sense for a best of five with a round-robin tournament. That's that, okay, here's the, how we're going to really end the regular season competitively. I just, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time with that best of five if it's the first and second round. Again, they're, they're trying to do it. So here's the thought process behind that. I should have went into that. The reason why they might want to do a best of five in the in this quarter in the semis is because they need to get this season done so they can get to the draft, they can get to the free agency period, and they can get to next season. Because they, they there, there is talk. They're going to probably push back the 2020-2021 season a little bit. It might start later in October or early November. You know, they, want, they don't want to hit the NFL season. There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, I know that the NHL also wants to test the possibility of starting the season later. So this might be something that continues. If they start in mid-October or early November and they like the way that feels, they may continue to do that year after year. It's all uncharted territory. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Caitlin Reese, huge fan of the show, also a member of We Love Hockey. Very proud to have her on board. She is an asset, and I know she's listening, but we really could not do this without you. Says, they should have been, should have the East teams play in the West facilities and vice versa. That would be really funny uh, if they did that, right? Uh, like I said, it doesn't really matter where they play. I guess if I'm an Eastern Conference team, I mean, the time zone thing's a little bit of a, like, I'd want to be in my time zone. But at the same time, I mean, it, does, it won't matter once they get going. Uh, there's the question, though, of families. Again, we're going to get into that, the quarantine side for the players in a little bit. A lot to discuss on that. Uh, Mark wants them just to go to Australia and play over there. Not a bad idea. I don't think you have the facilities for that, but that would be fun. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Mark says that Lee can play, call it a work trip. Yeah, well, listen, uh, this is the truth. I was actually just talking with my father and Travis about this today. This is the longest I've ever gone. It's not just me, obviously. This is the longest I've ever gone since the first day I played ice hockey without playing ice hockey. I have never gone on a stretch this long without being on the ice. Uh, I did pretty well with this for the first five weeks. Then it started to eat at me, and now I'm starting to yearn for it hard. 
Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you, watching the NHL is not going to make that any easier. Uh, funny enough, I put a basketball court outside my house. My cousin came over and painted the lines and everything like that. Um, and we actually been playing basketball a lot here. Uh, if Travis is listening, horrible jump shot. I'm not much better, but practice makes perfect. Um, anyway, we don't talk about basketball on this show. Um, so Caitlin makes a great point. Half the guys aren't in their team's time zone right now anyway. It's a really good point. Um, yeah, I know I really miss skating. I, it's, that's killing me a little bit, but you know we'll survive. we got to keep going here. All right, so let's keep going here. Okay, so the next phase of this, all right, after the season ends, or the, the thing they had to plan is the 2020 draft. All right, now this is very important because there's the draft lottery, right? So I'm going to read to you what they wrote and we'll analyze it. The NHL draft lottery will determine the order of the first 15 selections of the 2020 draft. The picks will be awarded to the seven teams that do not resume play and the eight teams that do not advance from the qualifying round or the teams that acquired their first round picks. I'll explain that uh, right now. So what that means is this. You have several teams that didn't make the playoffs, and then you have teams that are in the qualifying round. Now, typically, the lottery is based on how the regular season ends, meaning that there's 14 or 15 teams that don't make the playoffs. It's very easy to see. You go from the bottom to the top, uh, you know, the team that was closest to the playoffs, and then there's a percentage chance of you winning the draft. So now they can't do that until this qualifying round is done. Now, it's easy for us to sit here and be like, well, it's fine. When the qualifying round is done, just reseed it. It doesn't work that way because teams need to know what pick they are. This is a very important part of uh, an NHL's lifeblood is the draft. So they need as much time to prepare for the draft as possible. And there's a huge difference between getting the sixth pick in the draft and the 15th pick in the draft, right? So this is how the draft lottery is going to go. Phase one of the draft lottery will be conducted prior to the qualifying round on Friday, June 26th. Okay, three draws. The first draw will be for the first overall pick. The second draw will be for the second overall pick. And the third draw will be for the third overall pick. Okay, so this is where it gets a little confusing. Clubs entered. The seven teams that do not return to play ranked in inverse order of their points percentage at the time of the regular season pause and eight placeholders, follow me with that, to represent to be the determining qualifying round teams that will not advance, thus maintaining previously established odds. So what's going to happen is this. These are the seven teams we know. The Detroit Red Wings, the worst team in the league this year. The Ottawa Senators, this is going down. All right, the Ottawa Senators, again, because they have a trade in there. So Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, Ottawa Senators, Los Angeles Kings, Anaheim Ducks, New Jersey Devils, and Buffalo Sabres are all the teams we know that will not make the playoffs. Again, the Ottawa Senators got two, two of these picks because of a trade with San Jose that they had. Now this sucks for San Jose because they would have been on that list. So this is one of those things turned out to be a horrendous trade for the Sharks because Ottawa now has the potential to get two tops picks. It's very, it's possible they could get the one and two pick. That's very possible. Okay. Uh, so again, what's going to happen is they're going to do a draw and they're going to see uh, from nine. I'm sorry. I should have said this. So those are the seven teams that are out. Then it goes 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's just Team A, Team B, Team C. So when they drew, do the draw, if Team D gets something, that will be whatever the 11th place team is. Again, they're going to have to reorder the draft based by how the qualifying round ends. Again, it's a little bit confusing, but the idea is this. They're going to draw with the seven teams they know and the rest of the teams they don't. And if one of the teams that they don't know who it's going to be wins, it will just be a placeholder there. Now, with that said, it's very, very unlikely that any team from eight on 
is going to get the first pick just because it's like a 6% chance or below. Uh, like Detroit has an 18.5% chance of getting the first pick. Ottawa has a 13% chance of getting the first pick. So it's it's very likely that the, the top uh, eight teams or seven teams are going to be on that list. Uh, but as we know, someone's going to fall. Someone's going to rise. All right. So, um, and again, the first draw, if the winning team of the first draw is from the one through seven group, meaning the teams we know, that team wins the right to possess the first overall pick in the 2020 draft. Now, this is where it gets weird. If the winning team of the first draw, the first overall pick, is the eight through 15 group, the unknown teams, the right to the first overall pick will be determined in phase two of the draft lottery. This is where it gets really weird. So after the first draw, again, if the winning team from either 1 through 7 or 8 through 15 will no longer be eligible for the second or third draws, okay, that means that, like, again, if you're ranked there, you're not going to get drawn again, okay? All number combinations originally assigned to this team will become redraw combinations for the second and third draws. The remaining team's odds will increase on a proportionate basis for the second draw based on which team wins the first draw. Again, this is where I'm probably losing a lot of you. Don't worry, I'm going to explain it. All right, the second draw. <laughs> if the winning team of the second draw is among the one through seven group, that team wins the rights to the second overall pick. If the winning team from the second draw is from the eight to 15 group, meaning that they don't know who that's going to be yet, the right to the second overall pick will be determined in phase two of the draft lottery. This is so forth and so on. The third draw works the same way. Okay, now this is where it comes together. If all three draws are won by teams in the one through seven group, which is likely, again, so if the first, second, and third pick are, are teams that we know already are not in the playoffs. It makes everything easier. The winning teams receive the respective top three selections. The remaining four teams in the one through seven group not selected in the three draws are assigned NHL draft positions four through seven. This is how it's always worked, okay? In inverse order. The next eight draft positions will be assigned to the eight teams that do not advance from the qualifying round in inverse order of their point percentage at the time of the regular season pause, Okay. In these circumstances, phase two of the draft lottery would not be necessary. So again, if one, two, and three go to Detroit, Ottawa, and Ottawa or Los Angeles, we're done. We're set. We're fine. They know how to get the order. If it changes, if the draws for the correspondent sections are conducted during phase two among the eight qualifying round teams that failed to advance. So that means phase two of the draft lottery, if necessary, will be conducted between the qualifying round and the first round, meaning that if one of those 8 through 15 teams gets the first, second, or third pick. They're going to have to wait for the qualifying round to end to know who that's going to be. Again, it's all a little bit confusing, but it's one of those things. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's fair with how they do the draft. With how they do the draft lottery, this is fair. If you don't like the draft lottery, it's not fair. But it's pretty interesting how they've done this. I'm going to say this again. It's extremely, extremely unlikely that one of those 1 through 7 teams will not get 1, 2, and 3. Okay, just the way this goes, but it's possible. It's very possible. Um, you know, the other thing too is, can you imagine? Like I said, let's just use the New York Rangers. Can you imagine if the New York Rangers end up eliminating the Canes, or or if Montreal somehow takes off Pittsburgh? It, it makes things very confusing and very weird. But that's how the draft is going to work. Um, it's important to know. All right, let's get back to some of your comments. Again, thank you for listening to Puck Drop Live. My name is Lee Elias. You're listening to us on We Love Hockey, Elimination Cafe, Hockey Rewards, Hockey Wraparound, or Hockey Vice. One of those. Okay, let's go. A lot of people saying that it's uh, it's been tough for them too without hockey. Um, yeah, a lot of people a lot of people here didn't did not get a chance to play or watch it for the first time. Uh, uh, Ray Carcillo says he misses hockey starting at 4 p.m. because he's on the West Coast in L.A. This is California love. Ray, make up your mind. Are you from New Jersey or California or both? I can't remember anymore. 
Uh, Mark Pollard says he went 18 years without playing inline or ice hockey than he started. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm hearing you guys. I'm with you like that, you know. Um, it does suck. But listen, if that's the worst problem in the world right now that we're not playing, it's a pretty, pretty strong world, okay? Let's keep going here. Um, uh, let's see. Mark Pollard says, I went from playing five days a week to nothing for those 18 years. First game back was 51 degrees Celsius. Uh, that's really hot, by the way, for those of you who don't know Celsius. That's extremely hot in the shed I played in. Uh, I don't know what that is in degrees, but that's well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Nick Gibson, it, it could get very interesting if they do the draft mid-playoffs with trades and all. Yeah, they're, not, they're definitely not going to do the draft in the middle of the playoffs. Um, they, they will wait till the cup is given out before they do it. Now, it'll be very quickly after that, and there's not going to be an NHL awards show this year. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be able to move the, the, the draft and the um, offseason uh, and the free agency period very quickly. I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be just a month, if that. Uh, you got to keep in mind, too, because a lot of people say it's going to be a short offseason. So let's just say they start playing in July. They get done somewhere late August, uh, potentially early October. It really depends if they do that five- or seven-game things. Um, you know, they're going to probably take a month off and then start up again. A lot of people are saying, well, that's a really short offseason. They just had an offseason. So you have to keep in mind, too, as teams get eliminated, they're done. You know, that's, a, that's another thing people think, oh, it's two months they're playing. Only two teams are going the, the, full, the full length here, you know. So, um, yeah, two teams are going to be very tired and potentially very injured. Um, but that's really no different. I mean, they had time off and, again, unprecedented times, right? Um, let's keep going here. So... Uh, Edward Elias, haven't been on the ice in 80 years. And that's funny, Dad, you're 80 years old. Lee uh, used to pick my age as his number. That's true. I'll tell that story in a minute. Everybody in the rink knew that I was the old guy. True story. So, yeah, my father was born in 1940, just to date you, Dad. Uh, when I started playing hockey, he was 56 years old, and I thought it would be funny to wear 56 on my back, so I did. Um, I don't wear 80 today, though. I wear number 9, so I'm trying to go down in, in years. Uh, I love you, Dad. <laughs> I love you very much. Uh, okay, uh, Mark Pollard says it was in a shed with no fans or ventilation in summer. It's still 38 plus degrees at 7 p.m. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who know this or don't know this, in Australia right now, they're heading into winter. So it's actually going to be more hockey weather there than here because it's the opposite hemisphere. Uh, so, Mark, it'll be getting cold there soon, which is nice. Okay, so um, so Ray Carcillo says, I can still enjoy the early start times for sports out here even though I'm from New Jersey. That's fair. I was just saying, you said California love, you know, which was a very – popular Tupac song, just trying to see where you're at, okay? Um, Ray, Ray loves California, but hates to admit it, and he hates New Jersey, but hates to admit it. But I know, and now you know all. <laughs> He's steaming in his room. I can see him rolling his eyes at me right now. Okay, uh, so Pete Stump says, uh, 51 degrees Celsius is 123 degrees Fahrenheit. It does not get that hot in Philadelphia. Uh, maybe in Vegas it gets hot like that. That's crazy. Um, you must have lost a few pounds that way. And my dad says, love you too. Thanks, Pop. I love you. All right. Uh, and Ray is enraged now. Ray from California or New Jersey, we all forget. Um, I can't read what he wrote, but he 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 he's not going to rage quit this episode. Uh, and he can't really do anything to me right now because I'm on the microphone. But he will probably get me back when we do our next episode. Anyway, let's keep going here. Okay, so you understand how this is going to work. That's pretty much the playoff format. Let's talk about the players a little bit. Let's talk about the NHLPA and the NHL. Uh, the first thing I want to say is, in my lifetime, there has been two shortened seasons and a full season loss due to lockout, due to CBA agreements between the NHL and the NHLPA not coming together. Uh, and I got to say, they came together here, they voted on a plan, it was not unanimous, and they got it done. 
Now, again, we are not 100% going to have hockey yet. All that exists right now is a plan, but they would not have announced this formally if they did not plan on doing it. That's very important to understand, okay? Uh, I want to commend both sides, the NHLPA and the NHL, for really working together here and finding a solution, all right? Uh, it's not something they've done well in the past, and it's something that they did rather quickly here. They just didn't seem to have too many problems. Uh, now, some of the NHL PA or player problems are obviously going to be mass quarantine. So they will not be allowed to be around their families at the start of this. This That may change uh, throughout the playoffs. Um, they probably won't be around to be each other too much, right? So I'm imagining that uh, players may be in a room with each other. They may not. I mean, we don't know, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to be in just a hotel room by themselves, but they're going to be in small groups. It's going to be an interesting coaching challenge when you think about it. Um, to have to manage a team when they're so far apart. Excuse me, one moment. I apologize. It is a live show. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, that, that interests me from a coaching standpoint as a coach, how they're going to have to maintain that team bond. Um, now, with that said, you know, I, we had players saying, I don't want to play in the COVID Cup. We had players saying, I don't want to do this type of thing. If it's not the season, just cancel it. Um, to each their own. All right? I'm not, I'm not going to criticize any player for wanting or not wanting to play. Uh, there's also the scenario of what if a player says, I don't want to play. I'm deciding not to play. I don't have a problem with that either. All right? that's, that's completely their choice. I don't think you'll see that. Uh, um, and if you do, it's probably not going to be more than one or two players. Um, some of it might be logistical if a player can't get back here from Europe. right? Um, I think they will all play, to be honest with you, because they're not going to get paid if they don't. Uh, but I'm not going to judge. If a player says, I don't want to do it, I don't think it's safe, I'm, I'm not judging that. I think that that's absolutely uh, in, within their right to do. You do have to understand the two-way conversation that takes place through that, though. Okay. Um, then there's the other thing, too, of what if, the what ifs. What if a player gets it during the playoffs? Um, this is where the testing comes into place, right? It's very important that the players uh, have some sort of tracing app, probably. They report in every day if you have a fever or anything like that, which should not happen if they're quarantined, okay, and they're doing it correctly. Um, that needs to be reported and stopped. Someone would say, well, if a player gets it, do they stop the play? Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess no. Uh, I, I'm going to guess no. If someone catches it, uh, there's enough ways to catch it now that you should not be in too much contact with people. I have been uh, told, but I don't know if this is true, that the players may wear full cages. Uh, you got to remember that, as we know right now, coronavirus is spread through droplets. Um, so there's precautions you could take potentially to really minimize that kind of contact. Um, so that will be an interesting, uh, hurdle. And I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the coming weeks of how they're going to prevent that. Um, but yeah, look, I give them credit. Um, you have to understand that the players, the owners, the staff, they're doing this. They are putting, it's like a frontline worker situation, although not as serious in terms of what they're doing for us. Uh, or maybe it is, but they're putting themselves on the line so that we can have sports. All right. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, same thing with the NHL. You know, the other part of this conversation I wanted to have. It's about the money. Um, I've heard several comments from fans saying that they're greedy and they're just doing this to make money. Let me tell you something. They're losing money on this. There's there's no scenario here where the NHL is making money on this situation. Okay. Uh, well, what about the broadcast rights? What about this? First off, the number one revenue number one revenue source for NHL teams is tickets. Tickets sold. Fans in the seats. There will be no fans. So right then you're losing massive amounts of money. They just 
took away 180 plus games, regular season games. You do the math on that. If there's 20,000 people in arena, or just do 15,000, let's just say conservatively they spent 50 bucks a ticket times 19,000. Let me get my calculator out here. Let me get my calculator out here. So let's just do this, okay? 19,000 fans, okay? I'm sorry, let's just let's go conservative. 15,000 fans. We all know I'm bad at math. Times 50 bucks a ticket. That's $750,000 a night. That's if you don't buy hot dogs. That's if you don't buy anything, right? You multiply that by 31 teams. That's, uh, let's see, $23,250,000, okay? That's for one game for every team, right? And now you multiply that by 100, you're in a lot of money. You're in the billions now, okay? So this is my point. They're not making money here, all right? Uh, they're gonna lose money no matter how they slice it. They might they might make a little bit back from the broadcast revenue, but it's not they're losing money. Okay, not to mention it costs money to keep these arenas open. It's only gonna be two. There'll be revenue sharing with this. This is not being done to make money. Not to mention they have to play the they have to pay the player salaries, right? They're doing this to keep their brand alive. They're doing this to keep hockey alive, and they're, and they're doing it. And I never say this. They're doing it for us. They're doing it for their fan base. That is the thing that has impressed me the most of this situation is that I just get this feeling of we need to give this to the people, all right? Yes, we need to do this to survive as a business so we can make a ton of cash in the future. Okay, I'm not denying that. But I don't. I don't, I get the impression they're doing this because they know we need this. They're doing it because they know that they have a place in society. Maybe this is an optimist view. I don't know. Tell me if you agree or disagree. Right? They're, they're doing this too because the, the NHL, they've always been like this. They want to be the first league back. All right? uh, th- that's a big point. Here. The NHL is going to be the first sports league that's done this. And already the NBA is following suit. There's been plans on the table for the NBA today. All right? uh, MLB is having typical MLB problems, which they'll figure out because their players and owners can't ever get along. And now they're having money, money problems, which is a – if you want to hear me discuss that, we'll discuss that on Geeks Like Sports. All right? And then uh, football will probably find a way to start too. But I give them a lot of credit. Okay, let's go back to some of your comments. Uh, Ray Corsillo says, would that mean no fighting in the playoffs or maybe larger penalty for removing the helmet to fight to help uh, prevent the spread? My guess is fighting will not be allowed. It will be a temporary restriction on fighting. uh, Or it might be removed from the game forever. I mean, if if they needed an excuse, this is the excuse. Um, I would would guess that fighting will not be allowed. Again, with that said, how do you enforce that, right? If two guys fight, uh, it's either going to be you're suspended or uh, you're out of the game. I don't know. My guess is going to be they're not going to fight. And here's the thing is like, you know, with what's going on, I'd say 99% of the players would be like, I probably it's not smart to fight right now. Uh, but you'll get that 1% that may. I don't know. We'll find it. Maybe fighting will be allowed. Who knows? All right. Uh, heavier penalties and stricter player safety guidelines, maybe. So we know there's going to be stricter safety guidelines already. We just don't know what they're going to be. All right. Um, Pete Stump says there usually aren't too many fights in the playoffs unless we get the Battle of Alberta, which would be awesome. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of aggression, not a lot of fighting. You're right. Uh, Caitlin uh, says the NHL loves us. Yeah, it's the first time I've been able to say that in my life, really with confidence, but uh, it's true. Um, my Edward Elias says as long as I start that licking faces thing, that was Brad Marchant in Boston, and they made a rule about that, that you can't do that because he did that one year. Um, let's go... Uh, uh, Ray, Ray's letting us all know that he caught a legendary Pokemon today. Way to go, buddy. Uh, wrong show is correct. I don't know how many people here care about Pokemon Go. 
um, and uh, so forth and so on. Okay, so the last last piece of this, all right, because I've been going for almost an hour now, is uh, what happens after this. Now, that's the great unknown, okay? So a Stanley Cup champion will be awarded, all right, which I'm excited about. And um, what will be very interesting about the Stanley Cup this year, what will be very interesting is when we look back on this year, will we say that it was an exception, that that was the year of the coronavirus, and, man, that team that won was good, but I don't know if they would have won in regular year? Or will we say that, man, that was unbelievable, that was the best playoffs I've ever seen, and they really deserve to win? That's going to be up to the players to provide the greatest entertainment in sports history. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. Okay. Now, with that said, this is what a lot of you have been waiting for. We have to predict a cup champion now. Now we have to do it. If, uh, if the NHL gets the plan, we have to predict a cup champion, which is now the hardest thing ever. <laughs> because you have no momentum. You have nothing. You know nothing. Your favorite team could come back. The Rangers could come back for Ray Carso and be the best team in the league, or they could be horrendous. Right, the Flyers, who were the hottest team, they were statistically going into the break, could be horrendous. Everyone's healthy. We don't know. I want you to type in this conversation right now. Who is your pick to win the 2020 Stanley Cup COVID Cup champion? Who will it be? And also let me know which outlying teams on that qualifying round are going to go deep in the playoffs. Right now, let us know who it's going to be, and then I'll tell you who I think it's going to be. Um, you can tell me who's going to be in the final, who you think is going to win, so forth or so on. Um, Let's hear your thoughts on that. Uh, so uh, let's see. Pete Stump says, if one of the play-in teams wins, it will not feel right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, but at the same time, if one of those teams kind of runs the house, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, if, if, a, if, if the Rangers or the Canadians win the Cup, uh, it's, they're never going to be able to say, you know, outside of their city that that's a legitimate championship in terms of the eyes of the fans around the world. They're just never going to get that. Um, now, for that city, it will be, and no one will stop that. Um, you know, we hear this about Chicago when they won the Cup in that lockout year with half the half the year was locked out. And so oh, they, if they had the full season, I mean, they were dominant that year. But here we go. Ray Carcillo says the New York Rangers will be the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Ray, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think what's, what's going to be interesting for a team like the Rangers is whether they get past the qualifying round or not, uh, they're getting free playoff experience that they might not have gotten, and that's super duper valuable for the Rangers because they're a really young team. Um, so like they kind of win no matter what, in my opinion. There's a lot of teams like that. Um, Mark Pollard says it's going to be Avs Flyers in the final. Avs win Game Seven in OT. Boy, you'd like that, Mark, wouldn't you? I'd never be able to let that down. Um, Caitlin says someone said that this should not be looked at as like that because these guys are doing something more difficult than playing playoffs in this situation. I don't know how I feel about that take, but it's interesting. Yeah, look, this is one of those things that we can make guesses, but hindsight will be 2020 on this. Like, we're not going to really know how we feel about this till it's over, right? I do know that when the first game begins, I will crack open a beer and cheers to all of us for having hockey back. Um, Nick says Flyers, hopefully, but I guess Washington or St. Louis. That's an interesting pick. Caitlin says, I like that the Avs will have health on their side. I'm excited that we have uh, JVR, James Van Riemsdyk, for those of you who don't know, back in Philly, potentially Patty, too. Um, Pete Stump says Blues Caps final Blues win in six Winnipeg goes deep Again I'll give you one more second To get your uh, picks in uh, Here's the thing You know when, when I look at this situation I've tried to analyze this As kind of a coach Kind of as a Hockey analyst Which I'm not officially But you know I like to think I am sometimes um, There's two teams in my mind That really stick out That if they're really healthy 
uh, they could go very far. One of the teams is one that no one's talking about. And uh, when I bring this up, it's going to kind of raise eyebrows, but also at the same time, be like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my two teams from the East, okay, the, the team that I actually think is uh, really dangerous is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you have to remember what this team's been through. They lost in the final, then they got swept in the first round after winning the President's Trophy last year. Embarrassing, right? They've missed the playoffs in the last three years. This is a team who's been through a lot, and then, you know, when they're second place in the in or uh, in the uh, division, the season stops, uh, and they're healthy, and the Stamkos is healthy. I think Tampa Bay is real dangerous. With that said, and I hate saying this, but Pittsburgh is dangerous. Uh, you have a healthy Crosby, Malkin, the whole team. They've reset. It really changes things. That really changes things. Um, I'd love to see the Flyers. If the Flyers start as hot as they were when they left off, they have a very good shot. But I. I can't run on the hope of that. Um, but I think Tampa Bay is a team to look at. And Boston, too. Obviously, the Bruins are a very good hockey team. Um, you know, I can't deny that. But Tampa Bay, there's something about the the Blues, um, the Blues, the Lightning, um, that really is striking me there. When it goes to the Western Conference, again, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, like St. Louis could be there again. They've been consistently good, but who knows? And Avalanche are a great pick. The Knights might be ready to do it. The Knights are a team that, that really have... A lot going in, you know, it, it's very possible, um, you know, but yeah, I just, I have a feeling about Tampa Bay. Um, I, I could see Tampa Bay going pretty far. And again, it's a team that people, a lot of people are talking about. Again, that's not what I hope happens, <laughs> but that's what I think is going to happen. Um, some more, more people coming in now. Uh, again, Blues Caps again. Yeah, I agree to watching them shut us out was rough this season. I could see them going far. Tampa Bay is a team to watch out. Um, okay, so yeah, keep putting your, your predictions in there if you want. Before we finish the episode, I want to go through uh, the NHL award winners for this year that we know because the regular season's ending. Um, yeah, so uh, Ray, Ray Carcillo just said the Rangers getting playoff experience could pay dividends in a couple of years, especially for guys like uh, Shesterkin, Shesterkin, uh their goaltender, Igor, uh, who is now also healthy, which is, you know, he's had, he needed a break, right, Ray? Uh, for those of you who don't remember, he got in a car crash that kind of, he was really hot. And then he got in a car crash in Brooklyn, stupidly. Uh, and he wasn't the same when he came back. And then this this pause kind of happened. Very interesting goaltending situation now in New York um, with Shesterkin, Lundquist, and their other goalie, whose name escapes me at the moment. Someone will put it in the comments in a minute. Um, but it's very, very interesting what might happen. Okay, before we close this out, and I want to remind you before we finish, um, that uh, about 15 minutes after we end this episode, uh, if you're watching it live, Ray Carcillo will be going live on his Twitch channel. He'll put a link into the comments right now. It's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ray Carcillo. Uh, Georgiev was the other goalie. Thank you, Ray. Um, so uh, make sure you watch that because he does live play-by-play while playing NHL. And he's trying to bring the NHL Rangers to the Stanley Cup final um, in the game. He, he I, was, I challenged him to play as the Rangers with about 10 games left, and he did it. He made the playoffs. Uh, he, he stormed through, I believe, the Washington Capitals in the first round, and I don't remember who he played in the second round, but he's doing that. So let's go through some, uh, let's go through some uh, trophies here. Handing out a few trophies. Alex Ovechkin and David Pasternak share the Rocket Richard Trophy because they both have 48 goals in the regular season. Devastating. Devastating that Ovechkin was not able to get to 50 goals this season. Absolutely, completely out of his control and completely understandable. Definitely would have done it, though, and I think we all know that. Um, so this brings up another quick side point. People said, well, how does this affect his run to get to Gretzky and the goal record? 
Um, isn't it unfortunate that he's losing some of these games? It is, but you have to remember that Gretzky did not play 82-game seasons for most of his career. So uh, Ovechkin, even with this, because uh, it's only 10 games, Ovechkin will have still have, have the opportunity to play more games in a shorter amount of time than Gretzky did. Um, that's something that nobody really talks about with this record. Um, I mean, he's not going to break the record in as many games as Gretzky did. That's 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 virtually impossible. Um, but I don't think this really hurts him. Uh, if you think about it, 10 games, if he, if he ends up five goals away from that record, then it's like, ah, <laughs> man, that coronavirus really didn't help him out too much. But yeah, okay. So uh, Ovechkin, Pasternak, the Rocket Richard Trophy with 48 goals. It's the ninth win for the Capitals captain. Nine times he's won that trophy. That's incredible. Uh, and it's the first time for Pasternak of the Bruins. Um, third time the award will be shared, and the first time since uh, Stamkos and Crosby shared it with 51 goals in 09-10. Uh, Oilers forward, Leon Dreisaitl wins his, first, uh, uh, he wins his first Art Ross trophy with 110 points, um, which is pretty amazing when you think about it because he's not Connor McDavid. He's the only player to reach the 100-point mark this season and finish 13 points ahead of his teammate, Connor McDavid, who hit the uh, his jersey number, 97. Dreisaitl also led the league with 67 assists and posts crossbars hit with 14. That's not a stat I'd want to be known for. Uh, this also means that the Bruins are the President Cup Trophy winners for the year. Uh, unlike NASCAR and unlike European sports, they don't really care because we don't play for the President's Trophy in this country. It is an honor, and it does say a lot. They were probably going to win that anyway. Uh, so I don't think this is a big surprise to anybody or things, but congratulations to the Bruins on that. Um, they had 100 points at the time of the pause and the best win percentage. Um, it's the third time they've won it uh, um, in the last 14 seasons, actually. So that's funny to know. Uh, Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak will save, share their Jennings Trophy for fewest goals allowed. Uh, they both played at least 25 games. That's the prerequisite for winning this. Uh, the tandem allowed 167 goals in 70 games. That's a 2.39 goals against average, uh, or goals allowed per game average, which is pretty good. All right. Um, so other statistical notes, real quick. Uh, as we said, Ovechkin's going to be denied his 50 goal seasons, um, which is which is a tough because that would have been his ninth, uh, and he's never going to be able to get that. But that's the way the cookie crumbled. Um, again, these are these are funny. McDavid's going to fall short of his fourth straight 100 point season, but he would have got there. We all know that. Um, Panarin of the Rangers, Pasternak of Boston, McKinnon, Nate Mack of Colorado, they were all on pace to hit 100 points. Um, this is a sad one. The Buffalo Sabres will miss the playoffs for the ninth straight season. Can't give even a break in this year. They played their last game on March 9th, meaning this could be a very long offseason if we're not seeing a 2021 season until November or December at the earliest. Yeah, think about that. March April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. There may be an eight-month offseason. This is what I'm going to say to the Buffalo Sabres organization. Get your crap together. It's unacceptable that you've sucked this long. It's really unacceptable. It's unacceptable for the Oilers, too, when they sucked that long. You have so much time to get this together. You were a very proud franchise for many years. Get it together. This is, this is devastating. Be better. Detroit's going to be better before you at this at this rate. Um, so according to the NHL and NBC research team, if Buffalo had beat Montreal, this is this is I love how they put this in the in the gut. <laughs> if if Bo- Buffalo had beaten Montreal in regulation on March twelfth, the day of the pause, they would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> Thank you NHL and NBC for making Buffalo feel horrible. Uh, this is what I always say: it's not one game; it's the culmination of the season. There's a lot of games they could have won. Um, to do it. it. It sucks that it looks like, oh, if we just won that game, it's the whole season. 
Okay. Uh, Detroit owns the top odds for the first pick. We know that. How good is Brady Kachuk and Brad Marchand at getting under the skins of opponents? They've led the NHL with penalties uh, with 47 to 45, respectively. Senators defenseman Thomas Shabbat is your ice time leader, averaging 22-30 per game. That's 2 minutes thirty-four, two minutes 54 seconds more than Drew Doughty, who finished second of the LA Kings. And finally, David Riddich of the Flames is your shootout king with a 6-0 record and only two goals allowed in 21 shots again. So that's kind of the end of the NHL regular season for you. Um, it will not be a regular season that is missed. It will be a regular season where that's where the big what-ifs are going to come out of, of this situation. So let's keep going here. Ray, uh, again, he's going to be live on Twitch in a few minutes. Be, but Washington in five. He's up 3-1 to one on the Buffalo Sabres right now. So they did make the digital playoffs. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, let's keep going here. Nick Gibson, Buffalo looked good early on too. They, they, it's an organizational problem, and they really need to fix that. Um, I am fascinated with ownership and general managership and i have offered many times to talk about this on the show but it does not get the votes um, for me to talk about it and i respect my audience so whatever they want to talk about is what they're going to talk about maybe i'll do a special side episode one day uh ed elias says the team with the best coaches has the best shot um i would say that's true i think coaching is going to be a major part of this i think goaltending is going to be a major major part of this if a goalie gets really hot again no travel no home games no away games it could a team could get really hot um during this playoff run um, you know, the last thing I want to say before I jump off, and feel free to throw in your comments now, uh, your last uh, comments here, is that one of the things that got me really excited today was obviously I was excited when they brought this plan to the forefront. Um, again, a lot of people saying, hockey's back. We have a plan. That's the truth, right? We have a plan, and it looks like it will be back, and hopefully it will be back. But the plan was the big step, and it's the brick wall we had to get through. The thing that got me really excited today is teams started sharing pump-up videos and hype videos, and players started talking about how motivated they are to win. Um, and again, I said this earlier in the episode, I see real determination here in a lot of players. When all the jabbering's done, they want to win. These are professional athletes. And today I saw that of every team seems to be in that, you know, we've got a shot to win this thing, right? Especially the teams in that qualifying round, we got a shot to win this thing. Um, some of them will be made a fool. Some of them will be underdog heroes. Um, above all, I am very excited to have any form of ice hockey on my television or sport for that matter. I'm very excited to be able to share that with all of you, to have conversations again about the game and not the damn coronavirus or anything else going on in the world. Again, this, this show has always been a platform to get away from that, but, uh, how exciting will it be to come on here weekly and really discuss things like that if, if we have a chance, right? Um, also, want to let you know, for those of you listening, you waited for this whole episode, a new show called Eliminated Indefinitely will be coming out here in the next 48 hours. It is going to be very much an Elimination Cafe series. It is called Eliminated Indefinitely. Keep your eyes peeled for that. I am announcing that officially right now. It has been shot. It is being edited. <laughs> It's almost done. It's going to very much be like Elimination Cafe with some few special special additions to it. Um, I think uh, I think you're all really going to enjoy it. We really worked hard on it. It was tough to get it. We had a lot of stuff to do to get to the point where we could even begin recording and writing that. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, but keep your eyes peeled for that. Make sure, please share it. Make sure you please comment on it. Do everything you can to get that out there because we work really hard on that. Uh, here comes the sappy part of the show. I want to thank you once again for listening. I want to thank you all for all that you're doing wherever you are in the world. This is a global show now. 
Um, I, I appreciate that you come on here and listen to me jabber for an hour and that you're willing to have a conversation with me and really save me in a lot of ways to be able to do this and uh, doing this. And, uh, you know, I really hope wherever you are, things are well for you or going well or you're finding a way through the uh, navigating this this uh, situation. You know, uh, just remember that there's someone out there for you all the time. I'm here. This audience is here. This community is here. If there's everything you ever need, make sure to reach out. I appreciate you and appreciate everything you're going through and really glad we could share this. Um, uh, I do have to say this comment. Pete Stump says, slaps Travis with a fish. Boy, do I want to do that, but it's tough to get fish right now. But we'll see that. He might be listening, Travis. Anyway, folks, I think that's going to end it for today. Uh, one more time, if you don't remember, make sure you check out Hockey Rewards if you haven't already. Uh, we're giving away... Uh, Jerseys there. We're also um, going to be selling those jerseys for charity. 100% of the profits from those jerseys are going to the uh, Penalty Fox Foundation. Uh, great group of guys. Again, great jersey. If you haven't seen it yet, go to hockeyrewards.com. Being run by my two friends, Caitlin and Travis. They're working very hard on that, and we're making it work. So, once again, for Puck Drop, I Puck Drop, I said it right. I'm Lee Elias for We Live Hockey, Hockey Wraparound, Hockey Rewards, We Live Hockey, Elimination Cafe, and. Hockey Vice, which I think this is on tonight. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you tune in to Hockey uh, on Ray Carcillo's Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ray Carcillo. There it is. He just put it in the chat. Um, starts in 15 minutes as he takes the New York Rangers to the Stanley Cup final with live play to play. I'm going to say this again. If you haven't watched this, check it out. It's really fun and really funny. Ray does a great job. You guys have a great one. Remember, hockey never stops, and we'll see you next week on Puck Drop.